PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by SNS Roofing. SNS Roofing is your locally owned roof repair expert. For a free quote and for all your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing. It's time to bring in Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. Tim, good morning. Good morning. I was in the bullpen just, you know, getting my stretch in, knowing I had about a half an hour before I had to pitch. Got that call from Skip. And uh, I just sped up real quick. Got the got a little limber. I'm you're, here. You're at Fenway too. No, yeah. I wish I was at Fenway, man. Yeah. But no, but, uh, that would have been a, a a long night trying to get to Fenway from <laughs> Vivint. I walked out of Vivint last night at one o'clock. So um, yeah, that would have been a little bit of a long long haul. You're a good teammate. Way to step in. Ah, hey, it's what we do for one another. We, <laughs> you care about guys like I care about you, you know? So. And I'm talking you, not PK. Oh, wow. Could have gone with the plural there. You just could have let that ride either way. The plurals use. <laughs> thank you. Use guys. He would have <laughs> known. Thank you, New York. <laughs> So, uh, PK put up on Facebook, it is the the question of the day. What friggin' more could you want in that game one win? Now, you're in the arena. Even if you're in the radio studio, you can feel slash hear the arena rocking and the cheering if something happens. Even if you're, the broadcast is you know a little bit of delay just for technology to get the picture to you, just a few seconds. Uh, you know the shot went in before you see the shot go in. So you're feeling the passion regardless of whether you go inside the arena or you stay in the radio studio. So you got all that. You got all your basketball knowledge as a former BYU assistant coach and Rick Majerus' staff. What friggin' more could you have wanted in that game one win from either perspective? No, it was such a good game. Um, you know, I think that uh, the thing that I've learned more than anything in this last couple of weeks is, you know, this game is an awesome game. Um, just as it is, but the fans bring so much to it. And uh, I really, as I watched games um, on the weekend, as I watched uh, Phoenix at home in their first game against Denver, and just the response, the joy, kind of that wall of sound that we've forgotten, you know, what it sounds like, what it feels like, it's just amazing. So I'm with you. I think the game itself was I mean, it really was. It was a well-played game. Both teams really played hard. Um, you know, both teams had their ups and downs. Um, find it interesting that, you know, a team like the Jazz could be held to 18 points in a quarter um, and then flip around to a team like, you know, both teams very good offensively, but also very good in their own right defensively. And so both parts of each team kind of got to flex their muscle and, uh, at the end of the day, I really think Donovan Mitchell was a dif- differentiator. There were a lot of different guys that helped continue to move the thing along. But we saw a superhuman effort last night from Donovan, and it's becoming way less, uh, you know, surprising. Uh, it's almost more now like when he shoots those deep ones, they're going in. And, um, you know, that's that's what's really fun is we've got a absolutely budding superstar that we've known about for a while, but uh, you know, I think he came onto the scene nationally in the bubble. But I still think he's got people that you know impress, and this is the way this is the way you do it. You just go out and, and handle your business. Yeah, I disagree with you in that he's a budding superstar. He is there. 
He's already there. This guy has the ability to rise up in the biggest occasions and take advantage of them. And the thing that I loved is the momentum clearly needed to be changed in the third quarter. And he said, fellas, I am changing the momentum. I think that was the ultimate difference. As the start of the third quarter, Donovan Mitchell taking care of that and making it a one-possession game pretty much all the way. I know they got a little 10-point lead there. But I thought his play in the third quarter was the absolute difference in the game. I did too, and it wasn't so much just that he made shots. It was, it was he came out and played. You know, Quinn talks all the time about playing with force. And the one thing I felt like in the first half is the Jazz. You know, while they got a lot of threes off, they weren't great threes. I mean, there were some that were wide open um, down the barrel, but a lot of dribble into a lot of no pass. Just not, not typically what you see from a Jazz team. Um, and I talked about in the pregame, I think how important it's going to be against a switching defense to still be able to drive and get a piece of the paint. Uh, I thought Donovan started all that. Um, you know, he made some tough ones, but he also got deep. The one thing the Clippers do not have, you know, it, they can switch all that stuff, but at the end of the day, there isn't a, a great shot blocker coming from the weak side. Um, you know, like a Capella for, during the Houston series a couple years ago. Um, so I think that that's the that's that's part of the game plan. The Jazz want to continue to drive the ball, get a piece of the paint, uh, make sure that Rudy's utilized on the roll, and then everything kind of else everything opens up. But make no mistake about it, I, I, I concur 100%. I thought Donovan changed the tone of the game with his aggressiveness. So you're working on, I don't know what the number is, but borderline 100 possessions in an NBA game, right? Certainly 80 or 90 or whatever. And yeah. so you win by three points, a couple of possessions. And PK in the last break was just talking about Donovan rattling in two threes early in the game. There's so many little things that can flip a game one way or another. But when you win, we always hear coaches talk about how you can coach them harder now. So put yourself in Quinn's shoes, and what would you be bringing up with the team to prep them for game two, knowing how tight game one was? Well, what, what I found interesting is I actually think that the preparation was done prior. Um, you know, in that Memphis series early on, uh, the Jazz did not rebound the ball well. I thought that they were maybe, you know, I guess no maybe about it. Memphis in the beginning of that series was the aggressor. They were the first ones to lose balls. They made plays, uh, you know, hustle plays. That was the Jazz last night. Um, I feel like what kept that game – Two thirteen points, even with twenty straight misses, um, was the Jazz. Uh, they were the first ones on the floor. They were diving out of bounds. They were saving balls, you know, to teammates. And there were so many plays that stand out. But I thought Royce O'Neal in the first part of the game, just doing his job, right, going to the offensive glass with reckless abandon, two fouls on Kawhi and. Kawhi gets two fouls early like that, has to sit, and when he does come back, you know, just a little bit less aggressive. Those are the little things. It's the little body shots, I guess, if you liken it to boxing. Um, you know, the way Bojan anticipated and ran through the outlet pass uh, and was able to steal that thing and go to the corner and bang that three. You know, huge momentum play. Um, Rudy keeping balls alive. You know, George Niang. I remember him diving on the floor for a loose ball. So just those types of things are the things I'd learn if I were Quinn. Like, hey, 
this game did not go perfect. Um, a lot of it is stuff we can fix and did address at halftime and played better offensively in the second half. But I had no issue with the way the Jazz guarded. I thought they were totally engaged. And you talk about the swings and the fact that it ends up a three-point game. Um, you know, Rudy sealed it with that block at the end. But if you go back and look, the Jazz really did, just by hustling, being tough, they really did get a bunch of points on their side because of that attitude. So put yourself in the position of Ty Lue and the Clippers. Uh, you gather today and you work on stuff. What are you looking for? What is your message to them? As you, re- If you were Ty Lue, you review the film, and then as you present that to the players, what would it be? You know, they probably, coming out of a game like that, um, feel a little bit shell-shocked. That's another, I mean, it was Luka Doncic-type numbers, you know, that he put on them multiple times during that Dallas series. Um, one thing Ty Lue's been great at uh, is making adjustments. I think, you know, the way that he adjusted his lineup in that first series, you know, on the fly after two losses was pretty impressive. Uh, I still think that, there's going to be a place in this series for Pat Beverly on the Clippers side because of what Donovan did last night. Um, you know, Pat's a guy who really prides himself on on sticking to somebody, becoming a nuisance. So whatever the plan is for game two, it's going to have a lot to do with Donovan. Um, you may see on that high pick and roll, maybe some traps to get the ball out of his hand, much like you saw with, with Curry. Um, but I think that's probably the place I'd go if I were Ty because – you can watch all the film. You can see all the stuff I talked about. But it was what you said, PK. It's You're right. It's not budding superstar. It's a superstar that is really having his way in the playoffs and has really ramped it up even to another level. And that's what the special ones do. So I would imagine that's where that plan and, and any kind of tweak to the game plan has to come in. I'm sure we all get asked, you know, what worries you about the Clippers? What do the Jazz have to watch out for? And stars have such an outside, outsized impact in the NBA playoffs. In the last series, Kawhi Leonard averaged 32 points on 62% shooting. 43% from three, 90 at the line. He's averaging eight boards and four and a half assists for the entire series. I mean, it was outrageously fantastic. Just put the cape on and carry the team for seven games offensively. Not surprising, he had 23 points and seven boards. I mean, those are still good numbers, but they're not the mega numbers he had in the last series. And obviously the Jazz are a better series than a better defensive team than Dallas by a wide margin. Should we expect Kawhi Leonard to put up massive numbers as the series goes on? Do you expect the Jazz to slow him down and just make him merely very good instead of, you know, immortal? What do you expect in there? Well, I, I think Kawhi's capable of having, you know, like Donovan, a superstar game, regardless of what your plan is on him. Uh, I think we saw that in the Dallas series. He, at game six, he just made ridiculous shot after ridiculous shot. And the one thing that, that is different, and I know that Dallas had Boban in the middle, but <laughs> Boban doesn't necessarily carry the same weight as, as Rudy. Um Rudy does change Kawhi's game a little bit. The, the three and a half foot, four footers um, become, you know, ten footers, and he just does not get as deep. There were multiple times where he and George, uh, in transition or you know, a ball screen or just on a drive, turned corner, 
saw Gobert and retreated. And so I think there's an area of the floor that is Rudy's area, and that's going to be kind of the battle for Kawhi to see how deep he can get, what what he can do. The one thing I wouldn't put it past him is he'll he will have some good games, some really good games. I think this was this was a good game. I think he's going to have better games. Um, you know, fatigue's got to be a little bit of an issue. I, I thought when you know as I looked at this Clippers team, when you load manage the way they do, um, I think the, the game every other day scenario in this series really favors the Jazz because even though you know in effect he's rested or. You know, this is what he's been waiting for. I still think there's that rhythm. Um, and when you're, you know, that, so that's the piece that I think is going to be interesting just from a, a high level. But Kawhi's he's a phenomenal player. I mean, you, you got to put him up there with, you know, you talk about the greats in the game today. I think he's there. Um, he's definitely kind of found himself in that Dallas series. And this team started playing with a better purpose. Um but, yeah, he, he is affected, he and PG are affected big time by, by Rudy. And it's a stark com- a contrast to what they were able to do in the Dallas series where they really kind of got to the rim at will. Um, and how about Faves bowing his neck last night and stepping up and, and uh, making a huge impact in the f- third quarter. So the, the bigs for the Jazz were great last night. So we're having a discussion about Paul George and the crowd chanting overrated. And my radio partner thinks that, well, maybe you're poking the bear, uh, waking a sleeping giant. My thought is that if Paul George is worried about that, that's going to compound his shooting woes and all that stuff. Although, obviously, when they were chanting that, and DJ's uh, assertion that he played really well in the last few minutes and was uh, great. But as far as worrying about that stuff, getting into someone's head and all that stuff, where do you come down on? Well, it's interesting that you ask that question because I've got a couple of neighbors. Uh, every day I pull out, you know, my driveway, and they're standing in the street yelling overrated at me. It's, well, I uh, thought that was your wife. Well, she is too, but that's from the house. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Well, yeah, but see, <laughs> earlier in the show when he was just talking about you and he purposely came after me, uh-huh. don't poke the bear. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. You're making my point for me. How can I do anything but agree at this point? That was so good. <laughs> right? I absolutely walked right into it. Good job, PK. That was awesome. Um, no, I, I, I mean, how are you going to change, you know, what happens and what's said? It's what happens, what's said. Yep, I, I do it's a true story. appreciate the fact that it's, you know, even though it's uh, a slight, it's respectful. It's not a, it's, you know, the fact that you're chanting overrated means, you know, there's people somewhere that think this guy's really good. We just don't. Um, I, I don't know. I think, you know, you could spend a whole show talking about the mental uh, makeup and fortitude of, of Playoff P, um, just the fact that somebody gives themselves a nickname. What would you? What would your nickname be for you guys? You guys thought that thought that through? If you were just self-proclaimed, my nickname? Yeah, obviously the horse. <laughs> Walked into that, <laughs> and, and quick. How about the quickness, Tim? No, none at all. You know what Majin was? His, that that 
translated was the horse. <laughs> so you and Ma have something in common. Don't Other shoot, Ma. The fact that Majerus hated you both. <laughs> he broke, broke the backboard at San Diego. We had to have like a half hour delay because in warm-ups he cracked oh. the glass. <laughs> and it was Peterson Jim was mounted to the wall. <laughs> Uh, no, anyway, I was. A... Wait, before we leave, I have to say that I was not at the practice where this happened, but I have been told about it many times. And getting Ma proper, on the spot. you know where I'm going here. Getting Ma properly oriented towards the defensive basket, I can't really tell the quote on the air because it's wrong on multiple levels. Yeah, I don't even think I'm going to try. Yeah, okay, I understand. Show. You know where I'm going, though. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there were so many things, and yeah. I blocked some of it out. I'm actually going <laughs> to do the therapy for some of it. Okay. So it, there's recesses that, but I, I would imagine I have a pretty good idea, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, was there a point to this before we got to that? You were going to make a point, and then I demanded. Oh, we no, talk I about just. Playoff P, game and save, and, and nickname, yeah. and the whole idea yeah, just, of getting in his head. Just getting in his head, and I think I think he opens the the door for that by the self proclaimed nickname. So if I'm the judge, I would say uh, continue, do whatever you want, uh, impact the game because I'm telling you this: the eighteen thousand one hundred six that were there, they made an impact on the game. You could feel it. Yeah, the players all mentioned it, and uh, it was special. It was a special night in Boone. I do think, though, that and, and actually it was Jeff Hornacek who said this, but uh, w- watching games after he said it, I, th- I could really see what he was talking about. Where the crowd really works, I don't think the crowd is nearly as good at beating down the visitors as ours, pumping up the home team. Absolutely. The, the home no, right. team, when they're struggling a little bit for confidence, when they're fatigued late in the game and they need a big stop, that energy, man, it's just it's like riding a wave. Yeah, and you saw after big shots, you know, like Bojan, that dagger he hit over Kennard, um, as Locke would say, right in Luke Kennard's face. Um, he just, you know, he turned and walked toward half court and just is like he soaked that energy in. And that's that's a great point. I think sometimes, you know, the the, deep, the home crowd can be a real uh, positive thing for the, for the visiting team, but it's what it does to the, the, the home team. And... There's no doubt that they made an impact last night. They're part of that three-point uh, differential. You know, they, they were definitely worth, I would say, worth a couple points. Tim, we appreciate the time. Thanks for warming up in the pen in a hurry. You bet. I just had to get to pitches quicker. There you go. Yak had me on a stopwatch, and we did good. <laughs> there you go. All right, thanks. All right. And we will have Joe Ingles coming up next. DJ and PK, The Warehouse, bringing you DJ and PK. Join Hans and Scotty G Friday at The Warehouse from 10 to 2. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the the best college football coverage in Utah. 975-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Nobody does it like we do. 
The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another member of the Top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM and the Zone Sports Network. All right, Joe Ingles coming up in a few minutes here. He will join us momentarily, and we will talk with you more about Game 1. Got a lot of you uh, tweeting at us about Game 1. Thrills, spills, chills, dramatic finish. Many of you want want blowouts. Well, it's easier on the heart. Exactly. I get that, but this is way more exciting. Wildly entertaining. They've got it. No, they don't. Yes, they do. They're in great shape. Oh, they're wobbling a little bit, and they win. Rob says, all I want is Mike Conley to play. And the Jets are not going to a huge scoring drop. Amazing game, though. Amazing game, sure. you got to build on it, though. One game, obviously. Right. Uh, so, yeah, getting Conley back, obviously, is a big-time plus. And there's plenty of things. That's the great thing about this. Plenty of things they can work on. Give me a list. What did PK's trained basketball eye see? I mean, obviously the huge scoring drought really make some shots, get to the free throw line, whatever you got to uh, do. Be a little bit more aware of Zubac. You know, he had three blocks in there. He was a little bit of a force. Uh, understand that a little bit more. Uh, get a hold of Kennard. Don't let him get going. I mean, he got going great. I, I, I told my wife, uh, he's probably the best game he's ever played in the playoffs anyway. So, uh, as far as that goes, uh, then, you know, make sure you're not as loose with the ball at the end there. And I want to say you allowed the Clippers to get back in. Uh, I think they got themselves back in. They're they're a good team, man. So, they're going to have their moments, yeah. But I really like how, just just keep playing. Keep playing. Shots aren't going in. It's not the end of the world. At least you weren't down by 20. You were never down by 20 I in thought, a situation you where know, you could have been easily. It's just one more point, and I don't know why it is, but there's something like when you say 20, it feels like the mountain is way, way higher. And they were down 13, and I don't know, Matt, I have to go dig in the numbers. Maybe it got to 15 at some point, but it was 13 at the half, so I remember that. Maybe it was a little bigger at some point in the second quarter. But it felt like the way they shoot threes, it was in range because we've seen so many runs out of them. It was bizarre that they started the game with a 10-2 run and then they started the second half with a 10-2 run. But it got them right back in it. And at five, I mean, it just feels like it's a toss-up at that point. And then Clarkson made no (laughs) two-pointers. I know, right? That's odd. Well, I thought your Zubac point, you know, there's something to that. And Clarkson got swatted by him once going in there. And the other thing is, he had it going on from three. I mean, I thought he took a couple that, you know, maybe he shouldn't have taken. Who he is. Exactly. It is who he is. He's got the ultimate green light. And if you go big picture, and I really think you need to, and you go big picture, you can't complain about the results. Yeah, he fires off a couple you wish he hadn't, but ultimately he's 6 of 14. That's 42%, almost 43% from three. And if Jordan Clarkson is shooting 43% from three, who's not signing off on that? And it seems like they came in a moment in which the team really needed a little bit of a surge, and the crowd was waiting, 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 because it wasn't happening for them offensively. And so he got going a little bit and hit a couple there, and that gave them some breathing room. Like, okay, it's going to be okay here. Sure, we, we couldn't hit anything, throw it in the ocean for a a while there, and that's highly unusual. But 
He came in and then hit a couple. I just think it made it made made everybody breathe. Everybody in the arena just exhale a little easier. Like, all right, this isn't the end of the world here. So I appreciate how they stayed mentally tough because I think that's part of the deal. You know, I, I always talk about how I'm a body language dude, and things aren't dropping for you, not happening. So you still stay mentally tough because Lavelle Edwards used to talk about this in football. It's a long game. You're going to have downs in the course of the game. But stay mentally tough. Stay into it. And keep plugging away. And that's what they caught Quintel and Donovan, basically. I don't know when they recorded it, but they played it early in the fourth quarter. Right. So right. Maybe it was right. under three timeout in the third. Maybe it was a timeout at the end of the quarter. I don't maybe know it was, it was live. No, it wasn't live. <laughs> it's not live because they got the, the problem with the bleep button. And when they did it, remember, they told Sloan that we're not going to have that problem. Then they had it right away. And he didn't complain very much, but he complained about that. Yeah, but that was that. regular TV. This is cable. <laughs> that was cable, too. Oh, was it? I think it was. Oh. I, I, it, maybe it wasn't. I oh. think it was, though. I mean, there's always a chance it was a weekend network game. I don't know. I mean, they didn't bleep that Jordan stuff over the summer. You could go to the clean version yeah. of it. Yeah. I didn't go no clean version <laughs> no, of it. Let's Nothing hear... I hadn't heard in my house growing up 50 times a day from my mother. That was just your mom getting you to the dinner table. <laughs> your bleep and bleep yeah. over to the bleep and yeah. dinner table. Yeah, that's the, that's that's precisely what I grew up with. I mean, she was a truck driving, swearing, we... profane, <laughs> church going woman. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Still remember the first time you dropped that on the radio. That was a great buildup. <laughs> and you hit him with the church going at the end. Yeah. Uh, Denny tweets at us, and Denny speaks for a lot of people. I'm not going to read all of your tweets here, but Denny says, uh, what, you know, what more could you want from game one? He says, Mike Conley to play. There is a security blanket element to Mike that cannot be denied, and a lot of Jazz fans are feeling it. Give him a security blanket. Well, I don't think they would have missed 20 shots in a row with right. him out on the floor. Exactly, right? He would have hit a floater. He would have hit a three. He would have gotten to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. He would have broken the streak. Yeah. And, and that's the security blanket element right there. Sure. All right, DJ and PK. P, easy for me to say. DJ and PK, time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Hey, yeah. This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic. And certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. (laughs) With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How you feeling with a game one win in the bank? Uh, yeah, the win was good. Um, a little tired, but... Uh... Yeah, I'll take the tiredness for a win any day of the week. How hard was it at that last possession to make sure you were mentally tough to be be able to stay down, get inside the defender, I mean the offensive player obviously, but don't go for any fakes or any of that stuff and stay on the floor with your feet so there wasn't an opportunity to have a foul? <laughs> um, probably easier than it might look or seem. I think when you're... 
when you're in those like last minute, last second, last possession, whatever it is, situations, it, for some reason it seems easier not to jump than any other time of the game. Any other time you bounce around and try and block shots, which is stupid because you <laughs> rarely block shots, especially me. Um, but no, I think uh, for all of us, obviously, I think Donovan missed the shot and they didn't call a timeout. Um, so try and get back and set your defense as much as you can and um, Royce and I were on, on PG and Kawhi so it kind of worked for us to be able to switch and um, I mean going into that before the timeout before we obviously mentioned that if they do run just a, obviously twos don't hurt us and, and a three does so anything but a three and um, on the flip side obviously they're trying to do everything they can to get a three up um, so we just you try and kind of run them off the line and like you said try and be as as disciplined as you can just to stay down and, and literally like you're kind of like letting them drive. Um, obviously, they still try to get a three up, but Rudio was obviously able to block it at the end. So I'm curious as all of that is unfolding, uh, one thing Ty Lu said after the game, he said there were multiple reasons he didn't call a timeout, but one thing he went to is he didn't want there to be a chance for the for Quinn to decide to foul or when to foul. And I'm sure you always talk about detailed-oriented Quinn and the coaching staff are. So is there some kind of team rule as far as the clock has to get down to X before you foul? I'm kind of thinking that the ball went to Kawhi and you were there in about the range where maybe you would have fouled. What what did they told you about that? What were you thinking? Or was that completely off the table? No, we, we've talked about it and we do have um, specific times. I, I think in those situations, um, if they if they had called a timeout, we might we, we probably would have looked at fouling. Um, again, we can like walk through and talk as much as we want at practice, but in the heat of the moment, if, mm-hmm. if coach decides to foul or not, that's obviously up to him um, and then the coaches. So in the, the like obviously they didn't call a timeout. It's a lot harder for for coach to be yelling at us to like foul, foul, foul or whatever. Um, obviously, the last thing you want is to foul as they're going up for a shot or even putting yourself in a position where they can debate whether that is three shots or not. So um, I think if we were going to do it, it would have been like Rondo as he's bringing the ball up. Like you've got to look at who the kind of quote-unquote worst shooter on the the court at that point with Morris, Kawhi, PG. I think Kennard was on the court and then Rondo, you, you, you probably would go Rondo at the time. But again, the heat of the moment, they didn't call a timeout. You've... It's, it's it's very hard obviously like Ty Lue said that's why they didn't call a timeout you don't want to be able to sub guys in and out be able to potentially foul like it's uh, if if you know which I'm sure on, on the flip side they go through certain things on the offensive end if they rebound and, and down two or three and, and what they want to do so um, I mean at the end of the day their two best players kind of had the ball until until Kawhi passed them to Morris so they had probably almost their three best shooters with the ball in that last possession. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a situation that you you talk about. You never know when, when it's going to happen or if you're going to get a chance to execute. But obviously we were able to, to get a stop and, um, and, and take the win. So in the first half there, it was sort of incredible from the negative standpoint. You're missing 20 shots in a row, whatever it was. How hard is it to make sure you stay unfazed by it and keep playing? Yeah, um, 
I mean, it's what we've, it's how we've played all year. Uh, I think there might have been a couple shots in there that were not even forced, but just just guys trying to be aggressive and, and try and get a bucket because we we obviously couldn't get one. Um, but we've we've been I don't know if we've missed twenty in a row before. We've been in situations where we haven't been scoring. Um, maybe we score every fifth or sixth possession or something like that. So um, yeah, to to just stick. Uh, I mean, you guys know, like to, to stick with the defense, to, to keep making them either make or or take tough shots. Um, I mean, I think I looked up in the timeout at one point. We were like four for twenty from three or something like that. So uh, I think as as a team, we feel like if we get enough up and enough good shots up, we we're eventually going to make some. Uh, there might be a night that we don't, but um, we, we I mean, those twenty shots that you. You could probably go back. There's, like I said, there might have been one or two that were, um, I wouldn't even say like questionable or bad, but just like one or two more, more aggressive kind of shots. But apart from that, I think we got a lot of good looks. So um, we'll, we'll take them, and then obviously to, to hang our hat on the defensive end, and um, I guess just not let it like 20 straight possessions could easily be a 15, 20-0 run um, for, for them. So for us to. I think the worst it got the lead was to like 13 or 14 uh, yeah. at some point. Um, so for us to just kind of be be still in the game um, and miss that type of shots, we felt pretty good that if we, we could get those same shots, we would be able to make some, and, and obviously we did in the, the second half. So you're running, uh, I think you're running a break late in the game. It might have been off a turnover at midcourt, I'm not sure. And you got Royce on your right, and I'm pretty sure you're going to go and lay it up and the way the defense is going, I'm thinking, even if you miss, because it's going to be a little contested, and even if you miss it, I think Royce is just going to grab it and dunk it because he's going to be the next guy. And instead you throw it to Royce, and I swear for a second, I thought Royce was thinking, what are you doing? It's coming in hot. And he caught it, and then he scored, so it didn't matter ultimately. But, Joe, you are so selfless. How, how come you just didn't take that up? I actually wanted to shoot that. I I, I, I think we got a steal. I think don't. Yeah, I double teamed right. him or something, mm-hmm. something, whatever happened, and um, I, I tried to kind of as we, I, I knew there was, I think there was three like Canard and then two other guys right behind us. I didn't even really know Royce was there until very late, but I tried to get some contact to, to finish just because I knew that there was three guys there. So there's a a chance if it's like Kawhi or one of their big guys, I could get blocked, or, or obviously they could affect the, the shot. So. I tried to get some contact and he moved out the way and I kind of lost my footing a little bit. So um, I probably still could have shot it. I'd, probably a high chance I would have missed it because I did lose my, my foot under me a little bit. Um, and then as I kind of went up, I saw Royce there. So I thought, I won't say the word I'm using, something <laughs> that. I'll uh, I'll give it to him. And I mean, I, I, would, I would trust Royce in that situation to catch and finish any day of the week. So I wasn't worried from that point of view. Um, but, yeah, it was just one of those those funny situations, I guess, that you, you don't intend to kind of play it out the way it plays out, but it does. And, and like I said, I was, I was glad it was... I mean, I would have been glad it was anyone, but I was glad it was Royce there. So this is the first time in two years that you guys have played before a sold-out home crowd, obviously, in the playoffs. How sweet was it? It was really cool. Um, I said to Renee this morning, just before I dropped uh, Miller at school, then um, 
like it was it was kind of weird to be in that situation like there was so many people there like I've we've obviously been playing with kind of as as whatever capacity has been every kind of week or month going up a little bit and whatever but um, that was like capacity capacity (laughs) that was there everywhere there was people everywhere Um, it really just felt like um, pre-COVID what our playoff series were like so um, yeah, it was unreal to have people there, be able to have some friends and, and stuff in the crowd. And um, at the end of the day, I was, yeah, just to be able to play in front of whatever the capacity is with a, a few less seats at the moment, um, 17,000, 18,000 people was, was, was really fun. So how much do they pick you up when, uh, when Donovan goes on a run and fires them up? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think we we got that lead a little bit. Um, we we made some shots, whatever, and then for it to like an an empty arena or a half filled arena, it just doesn't feel the same. And um, you hear the crowd into it; it's almost like you don't want to every shot you shoot, you don't want to disappoint the crowd. So you're trying to you're trying to make every shot possible. Obviously, um, the second half we we made a lot more shots than we did in the first half, but it kind of that start of the third, Donovan made a couple threes and, and I think it was right out of the gate of, of the third and it kind of got the crowd into it a little bit more and um, once they were up, they were up for, for majority of the game and um, not that I would say it was like game over at that point but we were pretty confident we got the lead back and I think it was a tight game, give or take a couple of points and the crowd are into it and, and we were kind of starting to flow um, and, and I guess we were playing the way we wanted to play, but we were making more shots in that third. So it was, uh, yeah, it makes a it makes a big difference. Also, too, this is your first time in the second round in a few years. I think you've been to the second round twice. The first time you got swept by the Warriors. The second time, I think it was four uh, one to the yeah. Rockets. How much different is the feel in terms of team confidence now in the second round as opposed to those times when you were in the second round? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would never say that we w- thought we were going to lose those other games, but we were playing against um, some pretty high-level teams. I think one year, Ricky ended up getting injured in the first or second game. It was, yeah, um, yeah it was just a, it was a, it was a different feeling. Um, I think we we all felt we could win a series, but we had to play at an extremely high level for for four games to to win four games where. I mean, the show last night a little bit. I wouldn't say that we we played bad, but to miss twenty field goals in a row is um, is tough to overcome. So for us to overcome that and still be able to come out with a win, I don't know if we would have been able to do that in previous years. Um, don't quote me on it because maybe we could have. But um, yeah, just a, a confident feeling. What, what what we felt all year, to be honest, so we, we felt confident going into every game, and obviously this is the same same kind of situation. So playoffs are different, not just because of the size of the crowd, the, the people who are there, the people who are sitting courtside. TNT caught cameras, caught Donovan and uh, Dwayne Wade having a long conversation. And there's still photos of uh, your owner, Ryan Smith, walking and talking with NBA superfan James Goldstein. He's been going to playoff games since before you were even born. I'm, I'm wondering what slice of celebrity are you getting in all of this? The, the crowd's juiced up here with celebs, Joe. What's your angle? What are you thinking? I got uh, this superstar netballer in the crowd. She's a babe. <laughs> Is that Renai? <laughs> Are you speaking um, of Renai? 
<laughs> Joe's got an off day tonight. Today we know what's on his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Is that allowed at uh, fifty-three and whatever? Well, I just meant a nice dinner. Maybe go out to a movie. Come on, Joe. I can give you a hot tip. I'm not going to a movie. I'm not going to be around anyone as much as I uh, feel safe. I'm still not going around anyone. But um, no, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to have people want to come to jazz games. I, I don't know what it was like back in the kind of Stockton Malone days if people were kind of coming. But we've people want to be there. People want to see us play. I think it's an exciting brand that we play. So it's it's fun to have those guys there. And obviously. I couldn't care less who's there or not, but Renee was more excited about uh, Gabriella Union being there for, with Dwayne Wade than anyone else. Celebrity, um, huh? She said, I can't believe she was there last night. I was like, yeah. I, I can just like, see I her walking up. Yeah, great, Dwayne. Move aside. I got to talk to Gabriella. Yeah. Like, so, uh, so, yeah. We see Dwayne Wade there on the front row and talking and all that. Is there any other interaction that you guys are having with him, whether it's in the locker room, underneath the stands, wherever it might be? Yeah, I mean, he's in the back all the, all the time. Um, he's in the locker room, pre-game, post-game. Um, he's been very accessible with, with reaching out to guys. Um, yeah. I'm just going to order my coffee. Hang on a sec. Radio <laughs> there it is. You mentioned the Java PK. Here it is. You knew. Um, you knew it was a given. Um, yeah, he's been. He's been. I wouldn't say like surprisingly good because I didn't know him previously. This, but the accessibility and and questions and um, reaching out to him to to ask things. The the confidence that he gives us. He's been in some meetings before with us with with our group and stuff like that. So. Um, just have a guy of, of that obviously stature and what he's done in his career um, individually and, and with his teams um, it is obviously just a bonus for us to, to have a guy like that to be able to reach out to and, and speak to and, and have around the team um, fairly regularly because he's <laughs> almost like he's, uh, he's moved here nearly since, uh, since taking over part of the team he's been around a lot and, and obviously I think he's based in LA now so obviously yeah. a, a lot Closer than than Miami or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been really cool, and I, I think as we as we keep going on here, he's, he's going to keep helping guys. And um, yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to have him part of the the, the team. All right, Joe. Well, we know as much as you want to keep talking to us. You really want to drink that coffee, so I just got it handed to me too. They know my order now, so I'm, I'm a local. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Joe, and we will cool. uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. There's Joe Ingles. His weekly visit here on 97.5 at 1280. I thought, it, I, thought the, I heard the lady say, hi, Joe. Yeah. yeah. Right. How sweet is that, Dwayne Wade? I did not know all that, that he is accessible he's and there. in the back. And, yeah. This guy's not just signing he, on for some piece of an ownership and then I'll see you later. This is, this is awesome. It's a great time to be alive in Salt Lake City, Utah, man. You got a, you got a veteran voice, a guy who's been to the mountaintop. He's so Dwayne he, Wade. When he tells you you're good and he tells you to play with confidence, you believe it. He's one of the most respected guys ever to play in the NBA. Yeah. Sweet. All right. When we come back, Yawk promises us high-level open mics. The comedy will flow. That's next. DJ and PK, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.
The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. It's our friend Ben Maller, Fox Sports Radio. To me, the NBA postseason is really about who's not going to choke in the final couple minutes, who can execute better. And I like the Clippers' chances with Kawhi. I don't trust in the final couple minutes of the game that Donovan Mitchell will be able to get it done. If Donovan goes out there and does exactly what you think he won't do, will you come back on with us? Well, you want me to wear a paper bag like I did last <laughs> year when the Clippers lost to the Nuggets? Of course I'll come back on. And when the Clippers win and they go to the NBA Finals, you know, that won't pour salt in the wound. I'll volunteer, Gordon, to get up in the middle of the night and come on the show. <laughs> I'll try to be sober. Yeah. No, no, we have a screener. If you're sober, you don't get on the air. <laughs> Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. That's Spider Mitchell. One tough mother. What I love is the fact that Donovan is just so cool and collected. Has no pride in his performance. I wish that uh, Rudy was a little more dominant in the paint, though, period. I still get the chills when I hear David Locke call Donovan Mitchell's end of half three against the Grizzlies. Oh, Donovan! Oh, Donovan! Say it with me! Oh, Donovan! DJPK brought you apart by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Summer LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-2080. That's Davis Vision. All right, there's, there's some of the open mics right there. You grab the phone, you use the app, you send us the open mic, and you can play him on the air. He says he's got more for the next segment as well, and he can add yours to it. So grab your phone and uh, send your take. What more could you have wanted from Game 1? A thriller, and the Jazz won it. Yeah, I mean, Donovan is one tough mother. Now that's with a U, not an O. He really is. Uh, Gobert, I would like to see him involved a little bit more, but a lot of it is circumstantial too. Uh, so, And Gobert is one of those guys, don't even bother judging him by the box score. I mean, Shaq made so much fun, you know what, at 12 and 10 or whatever, and it's worth $200 million. It's It's not about stats with him. I mean, it just, just isn't, man. And he's got one or two block shots, but, you know, the game winner. So just the idea. And how many altered shots and how many shots are never attempted. And how many centers are out at the three-point line blocking a game-winning shot or game-tying shot. Uh, So uh, you'd want more. I get it. But, you know, and then he stepped up and he made free throws. And even when he missed a couple of free throws, he still made the other one. So you're not going scoreless on the possession. You can live with six and nine. You want more, but you yeah, can live yeah, you with you six do. and nine. You do. You want more. I get it. But you and can I, live with it. And I think he's capable of giving more. Sure, he would say that. He'd be the first to say that, too. I thought given the ball, I thought the, the point was right on to the broadcast. Given the ball 12 to 15 feet from the hoop, unless he's got a straight line clear to the hoop, he's probably not doing much yeah, that far from the really basket. I don't really want to see him put the ball on the floor that much unless right. he's literally in that restricted area. Heck of a play by uh, Cousins stripping him in. Going the other way for the three-point play. Yeah, Cousins played well, but only got like three or four minutes. I know. He got in that four-minute stretch. It went well, and they didn't bring him back. I was surprised <laughs> on that. Kind of the same thing with uh, Batum as well down the stretch. It was weird. I was – I had to remember, oh, yeah, Cousins is on that team. I know. He's bounced around so much, and well, seems like he's out of the league and done. And... He signed mid-season. Yeah, he did. Call. But he buried – I don't even know that he played in the other one. He didn't. But he gave him six points, three rebounds, and blocked a shot. 
And then anytime his foul is called on him, he's going to have all these facial expressions. Yeah, that was good. He did pick up three. <laughs> he did pick up three fouls in four minutes, so that could have been part of his limited playing time. Like he just he doesn't move well enough to defend this team. All right, when we come back, Yach with more takes, more hot takes rolling in on the open mic. Grab your phone, use our app, send us an open mic. We'll get to them next.